eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back to this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, and uh, we've got a big show tonight. Didn't know it would be this big uh, before we started to record, but some things have happened today uh, that we'll definitely get into. So before we do that, um, I do want to point you guys to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 network, including the flagship with uh, Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and the Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Uh, before we get into everything, Nick, how's it going? Going pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, yeah, like you said, busy day today. Excited to get into it. Not all of us could kick it at the Ranger game today, Nick. Um, <laughs> how was the new stadium? How was a, a ball game there at the new ballpark? Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, went ahead and stayed up late last night, got all my work done for today, and went out and caught an afternoon game with uh, Colin Kennedy, a good friend over at the OU site. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. And even for like an afternoon game, it was pretty packed in there, but the Rangers suck. So maybe that'll start to come around uh, in the next couple of years. And once we do get a playoff game in that, in that building, it's going to be rocking. I'm excited. Did they get no hit again? No, but they didn't score. So it's just, just as bad. (laughs) Uh, Nick, it's uh, week two of us doing the podcast from your new apartment or you doing the podcast from your new apartment. And I still see blank walls. What's progress? Yeah, yeah, there hasn't been much progress in the last week. I'm going to be real. It's uh, it's slow. It's slow, but sure. <laughs> um, I, I like how you said you stayed up late doing all your rides. So I I got – and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, where I was this week, but I got to the airport yesterday like pretty early, like three or four hours early just because I had, you know, nothing else to do and thought might as well just get to the airport. And like I was able to write the rest of the week and the stampede while sitting in the airport. So this is probably the earliest the stampede's ever been written. Um, and I like, it's sitting there on the back end ready to go for Monday. So uh, uh, this is the earliest I think it's ever been done. So it's always a great feeling. Uh, this is actually the last thing I have to do for this week, unless something breaks again. Um, I thought, uh, you know, I, I was kind of going to be able to take it easy today. And then all this stuff broke. So what is all this stuff? Uh, the big story of the day is Jaden Blue, the Texas commit from Klein Kane, opting out of his senior season of high school. Um we had a source contact us early in the day and tell us this was a possibility. Talked to another source, you know, about 30 minutes before Jaden announced it, who, who said that Jaden would be coming with an announcement and asked us to wait for that. So we wrote something up to kind of accompany it. Um, 
I think what's important here, and, and there's a lot of opinions about this sort of thing and the precedent it sets, but what's important to know here is from Jaden's perspective, he's a little banged up and um, wants to take care of his body and get into rehab and, and training and all those sorts of things before enrolling early at Texas, making sure his, his body is ready for the, the rigors of college football. That's one thing to know. And that's certainly his perspective on what he said. And I'm not here to call him a liar. Um, from what I have heard, there is a little bit more to the story. Uh, some disagreements, I think, with with the Klein King coaching staff. In any of those cases that are he said, she said in that way, I think it's always dangerous to just take one side and run with it. Um, there are always two sides to a story. And so uh, what's important to know is that um, – I think that that there's nothing so I've seen some rumors thrown around and anytime we can't tell the whole story that rumors are going to be given life. Here's what I can tell you. There's nothing legal about this. There's no trouble with the law or anything of that nature. Um, I, I believe it, it's just a uh, two sides seeing something completely differently. Um, again, it's not something I can get deep, deep into, but, uh, you know, at least for now, unless something changes in the next, you know, couple months before the season, blue will not play his senior year. And, and, you know, in, in a lot of cases for a lot of positions, I would tell you, it's a bad thing to sit out and not play that you get better at football by playing football, but running back is, is probably the one position on the field, I would say that not only is uh, I don't think it'll hurt his development at all, but um, you know, in some ways it can be beneficial to kind of take that workload off of them, you know, depending on the kid, these high school workloads have, have been a lot, especially when you look at some guys come out of Alito or Katie and you know, what's happened to them at the next level. So um, as a, on the football side, I don't believe that this affects his commitment. I don't believe that this is going to, you know, deter his development as a running back. I just think it's, um, you know, it, it's going to be bandied about as far as the uh, the motivations for it uh, for a while. But, um, you know, if we can ever tell that full story, we will. Uh, as of now, I can't. Uh, Nick, you have anything, you know, what are your thoughts on just the kind of the precedent this sets and, and where things go for, with, with Jaden? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is definitely huge news, when, especially when you're the number one running back in the country and uh, you have plans of not playing your senior season. And, you know, regardless of what happened with the Klein Kane coaching staff, regardless of, um, you know, things happen behind the scenes, let's look at the decision itself and that, you know, he's not going to be playing next year. And, you know, I think there's, you know, pros and cons to, to, to that decision. And, you know, I, I really like the decision. Um, like you said, as a, especially as a running back, um, you know, there's a lot of wear and tear on your body and he's taken a ton of carries and his uh, two seasons as the full-time starter there. And uh, he's definitely, you know, put himself on the map as, you know, one of the best players in the country. And, you know, he's provided for that team. So um, I, I think it's a great decision to just kind of heal and uh, train his body uh, and get ready to early enroll in January instead of enrolling in January after uh, rushing for another, you know, 2000 yards and, you know, having to heal your body at that time. So, uh, you know, I like the decision because the, there definitely is a decision on the table for him to go play private school ball. Um, you know, whether that be, you know, some of the Houston area schools or whatever, that's definitely an option that he could have explored, but, you know, he's going to stick at Klein Kane, graduate from there and, you know, early enroll next year. So, um, you know, I like the decision. There's a lot of, you know, haters out there, I think on, uh, uh, from the Texas fan side, you know, kind of saying, you know, well, you know, what does this kind of say about, 
you know, his character as a team leader. And, you know, I, I don't, I think that's reading into it too deep. I think there's a lot that happens behind the scenes with these deals that, you know, you can't really, um, uh, you can't really project on. So, you know, I like the decision and I, I'm curious to see, you know, what kind of precedent this sets as far as, you know, national recruits across the country to see if they do something similar. Um, you know, if they're already, you know, committed to a school, getting ready to early enroll, um, especially as a running back, you know, what's the point of putting your body through that? So we'll kind of see if that, if that becomes a trend, but, you know, nevertheless, I think it's a good decision. And I will say this um, for anybody who is, who wants to, you know, guesstimate what's going on as far as we know. And I would say, Nick, you and I've spent a good amount of time around Jaden in different settings. He's never been a bad character kid. Um, he's never been a kid that I, thought was a troublemaker and we know those kids I mean you can spot them pretty much right away um you know he's a good student um when I was at Klein K in the spring he was you know talked about really highly by the administration and, and coaches and stuff like that so again I don't know that we're ever going to get the full story out of this deal because it's going to involve everybody telling it from every side and us trusting them to tell the truth but I think that anybody calling this kid a character, a bad character kid is off base here. I think that, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of moving parts in the story, a lot of things involved. And, um, you know, I think for, for Jaden, he felt it was a personal choice for him. And I think that sports is becoming more and more about personal choices. And we all grew up learning about how to play on a team and do all those things. But people always um, bristle at, at change, and this is change. I mean, it's been happening at the NCAA level for the last few years where, where kids have taken control of their own destiny and said, you know what, I'm not going to put my body at risk before, you know, having millions of dollars. Keep in mind, these kids don't get paid. They don't get paid at the college level. They don't get paid at the high school level. So protecting an investment is, while it may not be something that everybody agrees with, I think it is something that. I don't fault kids for being selfish about because we're talking about a kid with Jaden blue. It has a chance to make a life changing amount of money in a few years. And if he feels that this is the best way to go about it, I can't make that decision for him. So, um, you know, this is something he'll have to do. He'll have to live with. I will say this. It was very clearly communicated to the Texas coaching staff beforehand. It was signed off on their blessing. They understand there seemed to be no problems in Austin with the decision. So I don't think it's something that, you know, it's too many people are, are like you said, reading way into it. Um, I think that, you know, for Steve Sarkeesian and, and Stan Drayton, they understood going into the decision, what was going to happen. And um, so you know, it is what it is. And, and, and Jaden has made his decision. So, uh, you know, we'll support him in that and, and move forward. Um, all right, let's go into the next thing, uh, which is where I was earlier this week, got to spend a couple of days in New Orleans. And before I get into the football part of it, I want to say this. I've never been a big New Orleans guy. I know lots of big New Orleans or big Louisiana people. And I've just, it's never been me. I don't drink a ton publicly. Like I, I'm very, uh, I don't like, I don't, I just, if I drink a lot, it's going to be at somebody's house where I can pass out shortly thereafter, like, or it's going to be at my house. I don't like going out and drinking a lot. So a place like new Orleans has never really appealed to me that much. Um, and I think, you know, if you're one of those people like me who is very proud to be from Texas, 
you look at it and you think, well, how could anybody else, you know, be proud to be where they're from? And I think that that's been the wrong attitude. And that's probably kind of what I, uh, what I realized on this trip is there is such a special culture in Louisiana and especially in new Orleans and the surrounding areas. And, um, while it may not be my culture or something I'm proud of, I think it, I get it. I get it because I'm as equally as proud to be where I'm from. So uh, I will say that this trip changed my view on New Orleans and Louisiana uh, completely. I am, I am a fan now um, and cannot wait to go back. Um, The reason I went was to go see Arch Manning. I mean, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. It was a trip I've been planning for a couple of weeks. Nick, you've been Behind the scenes, you know how much I've been going back and forth with uh, people in New Orleans trying to get this trip set up. Um, Once I finally got it set up, it was a quick decision to pull the trigger, book the flight and let's go. Um, And I, you know, it it didn't disappoint. I got to go out to his door, Newman, um, where where um, where Arch plays and and taking a practice. Unfortunately, Arch wasn't practicing because he had injured his wrist, I guess, the day before. And they were just holding him out for precautionary reasons. But um, getting to see him up close, he's a lot bigger than I expected. And I guess I should have, you know, he's a Manning and I would say, you know, Peyton's a pretty big guy. Eli's a pretty big guy. So um, maybe I should have expected it, but physically put together, I think I would say right now he's about six three two zero eight is what he told me, um, which is the same size Quinn Ewers is right now. So as a sophomore, he's the same size as, as senior Quinn Ewers. So I think physically he was way further along than I expected him to be. Um, and then, you know, just talking to the kid, great kid, by the way, he was uh, awesome to talk to. Um, you know, I, I, I know the questions probably get asked to him all the time about being a Manning. And in fact, I asked one during the interview, um, but he handles it really well. And, you know, you talk to his coaches, you talk to his teammates, they'll tell you if we didn't know who his uncles were and who his dad was and his grandpa, like you, you wouldn't be able to tell. He's not really that type of kid. In fact, his coach Nelson Stewart said repeatedly, he's his own person. I mean, he, he is a Manning to an extent, but like, he doesn't really focus on that, that part. So, um, you know, really great kid. I think Texas has done a phenomenal job from what it sounds like talking to folks there. Um, he's really impressed with Steve Sarkeesian and really, really likes AJ Milwee. Lit up in a way that I hadn't, you know, he was pretty, uh, pretty straight faced for most of the interview, wasn't given most much away. But then when I asked him about AJ Milwee, he kind of, you know, his tone changed. He, 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 he really lit up and, and those two are, are forming a really strong relationship it's a credit to that relationship that he's going to visit Texas this summer. Um, you know, he is starting to form some bonds with guys. We've talked about Ruben Owens, Jonte Cook's another guy that he's become friendly with. So um, I think Texas has put themselves in as good of a position as they can be right now um, going into the summer. So uh, I thought that was uh thought that was probably the most interesting part about it. The other guy I went to go see was Shaz Preston, um, another big Texas target in the St. James area. I think Texas is a dark horse in that race, but they're going to have to overcome a lot with LSU and Alabama. Um, So I think that they can maybe make some things interesting with a good visit this summer, but you know, the, the LSU and Bama uh, things or, you know, their, their involvement in the recruitment is going to make it tough. Nick, anything uh, you want to add or ask or, or anything like that? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I think it's it's going to be a really interesting recruitment, regardless of what happens with Arch Manning. And you talked about him, you know, not having that, uh, you know, not not kind of being a big timer. You know, he's kind of you know humble about you know who he is, and you know, I think that's really cool, just considering who his dad was, and you know how his dad wasn't able to you know, fulfill the dreams that, you know, Peyton and Eli were able to fulfill. So I think it's going to end up being a cool story regardless. Uh, you know me, Mike, I'm a story guy. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I am intrigued to see what can happen. But, you know, he's going to be taking a lot of visits this summer. And, you know, I think Texas fans should be cautiously optimistic. Um, they are in no way, shape or form a leader in this recruitment. But the bright side is there's not a leader in this recruitment. So um, visits will determine a lot um, this summer. And, uh, you know, I think we'll start to have you know, kind of a clear picture of where, you know, these top contenders stand um, probably once the season starts and then definitely into, the, into December uh, and next spring. So uh, find that interesting. And then Chaz Preston, I actually did a piece today, uh, Thursday, as we're recording on um, all the 2022 wide receivers that, you know, Texas has offered so far. And uh, in my little spot about Chaz Preston, I also mentioned that Texas is kind of a dark horse in this race, but the uh, the factor that LSU is right there and they've been pushing so hard, I think that might be too hard to overcome. But they're going to have an opportunity to get him on campus uh, and, and on the big weekend, um, get him talking to you know a lot of these Texas commits and you know talking to Andre Coleman face to face. So uh, we'll see what Texas can do there. But I do like the recruiting efforts so far in, in the boot with this new staff, and you know I'm really excited to see what Terry Joseph can do as far as you know uh, tapping into his Louisiana ties over the course of the next couple of years. Yeah, and I, I think an interesting part you bring up about the arch situation is it's kind of tough, right? Because I, I've got to talk about where Texas sits, but it is important to note that there really aren't any leaders. Arch is pretty open right now, and he's never been to a college campus for a visit, so it's it's difficult for him to really, you know, say like this school leads. I think that in the in the things they have been able to do, Texas has made an impression on him, and that's all you can ask for at this point. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I do the right context of leaders as in, I think that right now the early competition for Texas is forming up to be uh, Alabama and Clemson, but in the end, I mean, visits are going to change a lot uh, this year. And so I think that, uh, you know, with Texas, um, they've just got to keep holding on. It's, it's, it's going to be a bull ride. Just keep, uh, just keep holding on to the bull. So, uh, all right, Nick, anything else before we get off of uh, Louisiana? Oh, uh, no, actually, I'll handle that in the mailbag. I had a question about another kid in the mailbag that we'll talk about. But um, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, head over to our, our next subject? Uh, no, that's about it. All right. Oh, and I did have uh, some good food, probably not as much as I wanted to have, but um, I know everybody here's, – uh, here's something I got to nitpick. So I went to Cafe Du Monde because I'd never been to Cafe Du Monde. Um, and I heard about Cafe Du Monde at a Jimmy Buffett song when I was like eight years old. So it's always been like a magical place to me. And I love beignets. So I go and I write, you know, posted about, about it or something. And everybody hits me with the, well, that's the tourist spot. And um, yeah, I get it. But like, it's a tourist spot because it's really good. It's not um, crap. You know, it was a, it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, first of all, it was like 70 degrees sitting on the patio that morning, eating beignets and drinking coffee, listening to a guy play saxophone. Um, 
All I'm saying is, yeah, I get it. I wanted the tourist experience. And I'll, next time I'll go, maybe I'll hit some of the other non-touristy places. But I can't imagine a breakfast better than what I had at Cafe Du Monde. So. Whoever told you that was a tourist experience, you need to tell them to shove it. My, well, my stepdad, he's from New Orleans, so I grew up always going, probably been 30 to 35 times. And every single time, the first stop we make is Cafe Du Monde. So screw that being a tourist place. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And you know what coach Valdez at St. James was like, kind of, he hit me with kind of the same, like, Oh man, that's the tourist spot. He goes, and I said, yeah, but it was really good. He goes, Oh, it's great. Uh, but he's like, but I'll put you on to, he sent me to some other place. I didn't get to go to. I'll go next time. Um, where they've got like a praline, uh, beignet. So, uh, we'll give that a try next time. All right. Uh, I, I mentioned a note, as we're recording this at 6.55 on a Thursday night, I dropped Mike at night early because there was just so much going on. Um, we, we had the Jaden Blue stuff. I mentioned a note on, uh, on uh, a commit in the class that's wavering a little bit. Didn't put the name out as, as usual, as you guys know. If I've got a guy that's not super down the line with, um, you know, with something, I'm not going to put the name out. So, um, you know, we'll uh, – we'll continue to watch that situation and see how, see what happens. Um, and then KJ miles is the guy I really want to talk about. So KJ miles from St. Peter's prep in Jersey city, New Jersey, shout out Jersey city. It's home of my uncle. Um, so I've got family up in that area. Uh, he is a kid that was offered last year by, by Chris Ash. And when I connected with him, then I really enjoyed talking to him. He was just a really mature kid, a defensive tackle, uh, really highly academic. And, um, you know, a kid that, that just really had a view on life that I'm not sure I had until I got into my thirties. So, um, really enjoyed talking to him, but figured, you know, kind of once Ash had moved on and didn't see anything about, uh, about, Chris, you know, retweeting like a new offer or anything that he wasn't really on the board. He, he wasn't a name I heard a ton when, when asking about guys. We got a confirmation this week from somebody within our network that he would be taking a Texas official visit. So I reached back out to him, talked uh, earlier today, and man, um, Texas is not only in line for a visit. I mean, I think they're very much in the thick of this race. I, you know, talking to him, um, I think they're within the top three. I think Wisconsin, who's gotten a couple of, of mid-level confidence crystal balls, is probably the one to watch against them. Maybe Georgia Tech. Um, you know, he is he he does want to uh, make sure he goes to to a good school. But man, Texas is right there with it, and they're going to get the last visit. He's coming in June 25th, and then he's going to make his decision right after that. So, the Longhorns really have a chance to make a lasting impression there. And then, you know, get the commitment. So um, I think that's just something I wanted to touch on. I wrote about it in the Mike at Night piece I, I released early, but um, it is something I wanted to touch on. Nick, you have some basketball things you want to talk about. And uh, you, you, uh, you, cleared, you cleared out the paint and you called for the ball and said, I got something big. So uh, go ahead and hit us with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. As we're recording, I, I as, actually, as soon as we get done here, I'm going to type up my Nick at night. So um, as y'all are hearing this on Friday morning, be sure to go back and read, but um, I am, uh, I'm dropping a crystal ball tonight for a five-star shooting guard, Keontae George um, in favor of Texas. Um, Keontae, he dropped his top five this morning and it, it had Texas, Kentucky, 
uh, Oregon, Kansas, and uh, there's one other, but I'm blanking on right now. Uh, but I think Texas is doing the best job in this recruitment right now. Um, from the moment Chris Beard stepped on campus, he has made uh, Keontae George his number one priority. And you can definitely tell um, just kind of the, the, the lay of the land of what's been going on with Keontae George's recruitment. Um, going back to January, February, it was looking like the professional route was probably going to be where he ended up. And in fact, he has a crystal ball in favor of the professional route right now. Um, but his tone started to shift as soon as Chris Beard was hired at Texas. And um, it, it was kind of in line with him saying that he wants to focus on college at the next level. And I talked to him about a month ago. We had a good two, three minute conversation about, um, you know, the college route or the professional route. And he told me that he's focusing on the college route and that he wants to, you know, he wants to play in March Madness one day. That's a big thing for him. And um, Chris Beard in Texas, they're doing the best job recruiting him right now. And I think they'll end up securing a commitment from him uh, before it's all said and done. Uh, they're going to be able to get him on campus next month for an official visit. I think that's going to be huge. And um, if they can secure a commitment at that time, that would be even bigger uh, because it would lead to a ton of momentum in this 2022 class. And just just kind of talking, you know, to, to sources and, you know, a lot of people this week, the buzz around Texas is absolutely insane right now. And I almost have to check myself whenever you know I'm making reports just because it's been so positive recently um I mean, it's that's typical with a new staff you know whether that be in football or basketball but especially with this new staff because you know Chris Beard has assembled one of the best staffs in the country and um, you know recruits are seeing that and they're building relationships with these recruits and um, one source told this week that Texas is going to be able to pretty much pick and choose who they want in this 2022 class. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty fun uh, for covering that over the next few months. And, you know, Keontae George, I think there's a good chance he becomes the first piece of that class here before long. So uh, that's the big news that, you know, I'm, I'm dropping tonight, but as, as you'll know in the morning, as you're listening. So uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, as well as Arterio Morris, um, four-star point guard uh, out of Louisville high school, uh, he also dropped his top five this morning, and it features uh, Texas along with uh, some other schools as well. But a school that was not featured in that top five that I found really surprising was Memphis. Um, he told me a couple of weeks ago that Texas and Memphis were the two schools recruiting him the hardest. He was committed to Memphis at one point, and he told me that that's the first place he's going to go to for a visit. So it pretty it, it surprised me whenever Memphis didn't make that cut. So. Yeah, if Arterio Morris ends up deciding on the college route, then I think Texas is definitely the front runner, but I'm still sweating professional opportunities at this point. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities that come his way, especially after his senior season. Uh, so that's going to be a, a recruitment that goes well into next year, uh, probably into March and April and into the late signing period. So that'll definitely be one to monitor as well, but it, it's really looking good as far as Texas uh, uh, basketball recruiting right now, especially in the backcourt with all these guards. All right. Um, I am a basketball dummy, as you know. So tell me about Keontae George. Why is that a big deal? Uh, he's one of the biggest offensive threats in the country. Uh, he's the number six overall player right now in the 24-7 sports composite, and he's going to be – Can he shoot? He can shoot. Because <laughs> okay. I've always wondered why Texas just doesn't have guys who can shoot. So I want to know first, can he shoot? Yeah, he can score at all three levels. Uh, he's a really impressive score. Um, he's the number six player in the 24-7 sports composite right now, and he's due for you know a, a rise in that ranking, which is even crazy to say. He's going to end up being a top three, top five player in the country before it's all said and done. So this could be a, a program-changing type uh, commitment for Texas if they're able to land him. It'd be their biggest uh, commitment since Mo Bamba, which I think he was the number three overall recruit back in um, class of 16, I believe. But 
uh, yeah, and he's really good on the defensive side as well. Um, on both sides of the ball, just he can take over a game. And, you know, I'll, I'll point you to, to one game that I saw of his earlier this spring. Um, it was the semifinal of an AAU tournament, and he just took over. He had 41 points, uh, scored the game winner, uh, had like three or four blocks, um, and he was just doing everything on both sides of the ball. And I went into that weekend going, yeah, Keontae George is a good player, but, you know, I don't know if, if I was if I would make him the number one guard in the country at this time. But after that tournament, I was like, yeah, he's the number one guard in the country, and there's no doubt about it. So um, definitely he can, he can be a big-time uh, player, even if he is just a one-and-done for Texas. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is, Nick, you know the only basketball recruit I care about in this world is my guy, Anthony Black. Um, you and I have talked about – you know, you've already got a crystal ball in for Black, I think. Texas is – I'm right in that, aren't I? You do have a crystal ball in for Black? Yes, I do. Texas is trending positively for him. Would would it be fair to say that Landing George, who um, he's reportedly very close with, uh, would probably be the final nail in the coffin for Texas getting black? It would definitely help considerably. Uh, I think one important thing to note about Anthony Black's recruitment is that it has really taken off in the past two to three weeks. He's getting just about any offer that he wants. So, and he's going to take a lot of visits. He's he's one that's really going to embrace this visit process. Uh, so while Texas is maintaining, you know, a, you know, a pretty good lead right now, um, you know, I, I wouldn't feel 100% confident until he, uh, um, until after visit season and he still feels the same way. But if Keontae George ends up committing to Texas, that would be huge for not only landing Anthony Black, but, you know, possibly Arterio Morris down the line. All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, the basketball talk. You guys follow Nick. He's uh, killing it on basketball recruiting. We're going to go to the mailbag. We don't have a ton of mailbag questions because uh, we kind of decided to record uh, uh, on short notice. Uh, You know, Nick and I were trying to set aside a time. Nick was at the baseball game today and then I thought I was going to be have to be later. And then I had some time now. So I texted him. And so we didn't have time to get the thread up, but we do have a couple questions. um, We'll we'll jump into. Um, from Den 12, uh, is it true that Trevante Citizen is open to playing out of state for college besides LSU or Texas and USC in position with him? So, yeah, it's a story. It's a subject that came up this week. And um, he's another kid in Louisiana I wanted to talk about. And I was trying to save all this for the stampede. So I'll go much more detail into the stampede. But, um, yeah, I think that Texas is in a really, really good position uh, for Trevante Citizen, probably a better one than I expected before I went to Louisiana. Uh, USC is in there. Arkansas is also in there. But I, people I talk to expect Texas and Texas A&M to really be the top two schools. They just don't see a small town kid from Louisiana going all the way to L.A. Um, so I, I know that USC is definitely in there, but um, the, most of the sources I talked to thought this would be an in-state battle between Texas and Texas A&M. And I think that that makes Nick for a very interesting conversation about the number two back in this class, because we feel really confident about Tavoris Jones from El Paso purchase um, and, and where things stand with him. But I think if Texas can get a commitment from citizen, they, they almost have to take it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they're going to, Stan Drayton, once again, coming out with, uh, you know, a big punch and, and recruiting 2022 running backs. And, yeah, this number two spot's going to get interesting because, uh, like you said, we feel good about Tavoris Jones. Um, you know, Trevante Citizen is right there. He's gonna be taking, he is going to be taking an official visit, correct? Uh, yes, he's going to be here the 4th through the 6th. Yeah, so he's going to be taking an official visit. 
Um, that's another guy they're going to have on campus. And, you know, there's uh, they're doing good with guys like Catron Allen as well. And they even sent out an offer last week to DeAnthony Gatson, you know, just as kind of like a plan B uh, type thing. And he included Texas in his top five. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting uh, how that number two spot's going to end up shaking out for Texas. But, um, you know, nevertheless, I think they're going to pretty much get who they want. All right. Um, from uh, UT underscore AZ, any chance Blue can or will reclassify? I don't see that happening. Talking to the people I was talking to, you know, like Nick mentioned earlier, he could transfer and play somewhere else or he could, um, you know, reclassify. I don't think he's going to because I, I still believe he probably – um, I think he would probably have to have a few extra classes. So, no, I don't expect him to. I think he's just going to take this year to, to get the body right, keep training, and, and getting ready for college. Yeah, I would assume that ship has sailed because he's already planning on enrolling early. And just kind of going back to, to my high school experience, I was planning on graduating a semester early, and the amount of classwork that you had to do in the year prior to doing that was absolutely insane so I would be shocked if he you know took even more classes this summer because I assume he's going to be taking quite a bit this summer to even enroll early so um, I I think that ship has probably sailed but he's going to be on campus uh, in January if all things go smooth all right from uh, Gitwood DBA or D8 um, how confident are you about Texas finishing with a top 10 to borderline top five class in 2022? Um, I think they'll finish top 10. Um, I, I guess if you ask me top five, I think that that's where you're probably splitting hairs, but I think I'm pretty, I'm, I'm fairly confident they'll finish top 10, I believe. I've been maintaining the prediction that they'll finish number seven and I'm going to keep that going because I actually think they're number seven right now. So I think they'll end up seven. That's that's going to be my official prediction. And we all know that what they are now is, of course, what they're going to be almost <laughs> a year from now. Um, like being like number six right now. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, from Horns fan, uh, seven, six, one, two. How are you feeling about Texas and the elite offensive line prospects? Anyone who Texas is in a sneaky good position within that group. Um, you know, I think for the most part, we try to inform you guys when they're in a good position. So I don't think it's sneaky. Um, I like where they are with Kelvin Banks. I like where they are with uh, Cole Hudson. I like where, I love where they are with Devon Campbell. Um, you know, Cam Dewberry, I think they're in a better spot than I expected them to be, but still probably some work to be done. Um, but yeah, I think things are shaping up well. I know everybody's a little concerned because there haven't been any offensive line commitments, but um, <laughs> Man, it, I'll just tell you, if you could feel the pulse on, on offensive line recruiting now versus what it was a year ago, it is a completely, completely different thing. Yeah, 100%. Is it safe to say that Texas is maybe in a sneaky position for um, Josh Connerly, five-star tackle out of Washington? Yeah, you know, uh, talking to our guys out there, it, it sounds like uh, probably a better position than we expected them to be, but I still think that there's probably a couple schools in front of them at this point, but that could all change with the visit. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, and then our last question coming to us from Charles Daniels in the clutch. I texted him right as we started recording and um, he got it in Mike and Nick hypothetical question seven on seven scenario. You can pick from any kid you have seen play live this year. One play you could choose your quarterback, 
your wide receiver, they make a touchdown, you win a million dollars. Which quarterback and wide receiver combination do you choose? Nick, pick a corner and a safety. If they stop the play, you win the million. Who do you choose? So this, I is, pick, this is easy. So you're picking me. the quarterback and the receiver, and I'm picking the corner and the safety? Yeah, but we can also flip it and, and, and each do a quarterback and receiver and each do a corner and a safety. Um, okay, you so – Yeah, so – I'm taking Malik Murphy at quarterback um, because one play he can make any throw on the field. Um, and, and if it's one play from the 40 where you start in seven on seven, I'm confident that Malik Murphy's not going to airball something. You know, I think he'll, he'll put it on the money because I saw him do it a lot in Vegas. The receiver I'm taking is Travis Hunter and Travis Hunter is the biggest freak show I've ever seen in my life. And you put it in his zip code, he's going to get it. He's going to jump over everybody. I saw him triple covered and still catch a touchdown. Like they purposely put three guys on him, bracketed him, and he still outjumped them all and caught a touchdown. Um, he's the biggest freak show on the planet. Um, let's see. At quarterback, I'm probably going to ride with you and go Malik. Um, receiver, I'm just going to kind of switch it up. And, you know, the seven-on-seven legend himself, Faison Wilson, um, just because he has had some freakish catches uh, on the circuit uh, even this spring. I'm actually going through the offers right now for what I want to do at corner and safety. Um, I'm just trying to think of some really good corners that have impressed me on seven-on-seven. I mean, Jalen Gilbo, he's he's obviously impressed me uh, on the seven-on-seven circuit. Um, As far as safeties, um, Jacoby Matthews and Bryce Anderson – um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Bryce Anderson and, and Jalen Gilbo just to make it easy <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball at corner I'm going with Terrence Brooks um, I have not seen him in a 7 on 7 setting but seeing him in a camp setting he was really the only guy who could stop Evan Stewart at Under Armour um, so Terrence Brooks would be my corner and at safety Stop me if you've heard this name before, Travis Hunter, because he also plays defense and he also had like five picks at that tournament I was in. He's the one of the top five best players I've ever seen in my life. So Travis Hunter on offense and defense for me. <laughs> All right. And that's going to do it for the mailbag and that'll do it for our show. As always, we appreciate you guys for listening in, for playing along, for, uh, for checking in. Nick, before we get out of here, anything else you want to add? Well, I, I told the listeners last week that we'd get a review from you from Jack Oh, Bullock. yeah. How do you feel about it? Well, you know how I feel about it because I texted you that day. I did take the homework seriously. Um, <laughs> I As soon as, like, I knew it was out, I, I listened to the entire thing front to back. Um, I, look, man, I don't. I <laughs> I don't listen to nearly enough rap anymore to, like, have a great idea of how these things are supposed to go. I would say I thought it started out strong, like really strong. Like the first couple of, of tracks, I was like, man, I'm really into this. It kind of middled out um, and then finished strong. So I thought overall, I'd probably give it like an eight and a half um, out of 10 or something. It was, it was, I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable listen for sure. Fantastic. You pass. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know me, Nick, I like guys who, who understand how to write and use lyrics and language and things like that. So um, he didn't, mumble. Oh, the, the, the things that got to me was like, 
there were times where he kind of went into the mumble type stuff. And there were times where it was kind of like auto tune a little bit, which those are the things I hate. So that's what I mean. In the middle, there were some songs that I was like, eh, I'm just not really feeling this, but uh, I thought it started out exceptional and ended exceptional. So um, yeah, eight and a half, I feel is a fair score. That's great. I love to hear it. All right. Well, thanks to all you guys for listening. Thanks for playing along uh, for Nick Harris. I'm Mike Roach. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.